What would June Daly Watkins do acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today. We would also like to pay our respects to elders past, present and future. They may forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Does what we wear really matter? What about taking a call while we're at the checkout? Or neglecting to RSVP? In a rude modern world, what would June Daly Watkins do? While the Order of Australia recipient quite literally wrote the book on manners, we're asking what that legacy really means today. Your host, Jody Bache McLean, has had the privilege of working with the late June Daly Watkins for over 36 years. Now, Jody is picking up the baton with one key question Is etiquette dead and buried, or does the modern world need Miss Daly's teachings now more than ever? We're talking with TV's man about town, Damien Anthony Rossi, about the old school concept of chivalry. Has it fallen on its sword? And does it have any relevance in the modern world? Damien, may I just say a huge thank you for being part of our podcast. It was a given for me when I was thinking about who I should invite, and you were one of my first thoughts. So, well... From the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much. And thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely honoured to be a part of this podcast. and think it's a wonderful concept, oh, by the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. When we first approached you, we wanted you to send through to us a quote that you assimilate with when it comes to the thoughts of good manners and etiquette. Can I ask <laughs> what that quote is and would you mind saying it for me. I would love to. And I sat through about 17, didn't you I? You did. See, that's how well-mannered you are. Well, there are so many. Look, it really is one of my very favourites. And it's, uh, they may forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. That really feels like a very appropriate choice for you. Doesn't that? Oh, absolutely. For you, it does. I mean, I'll tell you why in a moment, but may I ask why that quote is so significant for you? Uh, yes, because... Look, it's really part of who I am as a person is to really ultimately with my existence, whether that be for 60 years or 80 years or 100 years, that I actually have left a positive footprint in the world. And even if that's just being kind or good to someone or making someone have a better day, something as trivial as that, that's very, very important to me. And it is about how you make people feel. And it's not that difficult to make people feel good. I agree. I agree. And I think if I think of another quote that's somewhat aligned to that quote, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. <laughs> so <laughs> You're getting me hungry. Now I want a tea. I, I know. Now I want a I tea. Know. No. Basically, it's not just about being kind to fellow humans, important as that is. It's also about what we reap from our behaviour. You know that sure. saying, you, you reap what you sow. Sure. And if we're going to put good out into the world, one would think that we will receive good. Now, it pays dividends. It does pay Certainly, dividends. absolutely. So you've experienced this? Is this something that, and can you Definitely. Give me the... But I'll also, my response would be a little bit measured in that perhaps when, uh, like I made a conscious effort at a point in my adulthood to 
be good to people and to really put out positivity. And I, maybe part of the motivation initially was to reap the benefits mm. because I, because I knew that probably would, you know, behoove me to do that ultimately, whether it's personally or professionally, to be good to people. But now I have to say, I really do it just in good conscience because it does matter to me at this point, you know, what ultimately my existence is bringing to the world. So yes, absolute dividends and benefits for sure about treating people properly and having good manners and etiquette all of that and but i think the biggest benefit is that you just feel good about yourself at the end of the day you ultimately feel good about yourself and that in the world that we live in feeling good about ourselves is something that doesn't always come easily does it's it? invaluable mm. and it doesn't come easily and making people feel seen and valued oh. Absolutely. And that in itself. And I think that's something that I've experienced with you, that how long have we known each other? Uh, Gosh. <laughs> I don't want to give long, away my age. <laughs> a long, long time. And that's something that I would have to say about you, Damien. If I was to sort of describe you, you are the quintessential gentleman. You really are. You've well, always, you. you make time for everybody. And when I say make time, it may be that you will look across the room at an event and you'll acknowledge that person. You may not have the time to come up and chat and talk about the weather, but there's always an acknowledgement. You never, ever ignore someone or slight someone. Well, that's my experience. And I, and I think that's an incredible quality to have because we don't always see that in others around us and especially in the industry. You know, you're known as Mr. Hollywood and you've always been in the spotlight and you're in the media and you host events and you're part of that whole scene. But your manner is something that I believe when you leave the room, there is a, a great feeling of the people that share the time with you, that they feel they feel important. And I think that's perhaps part of your success, that you've captured this ability to be well-mannered, charming, and make people feel valued. So my question in all of this, do you think that this is a product of your upbringing or is this a learned behavior? Well, firstly, thank you very much. If I do, if I'm fortunate enough to live to 100, I could never thank you enough for that incredible compliment. And whether I deserve it or not, uh, you, you so <laughs> deserve it. Perhaps Stop to be now. seen. I don't know, but I I can't tell you how much that means to me, Jody. Oh, thank, thank you very much. That means perhaps I have succeeded in what I'm aspiring to do. Ultimately, I think you have. well, that's everything to me. So, really appreciate. It. I wish we were recording this. Oh, we are great. Uh, look, <laughs> everyone's going to know now. Everyone's going to know your secret. Oh no! Oh no! Well, see, because obviously, for many, many years, and, and still to this day, obviously, COVID's cut it uh, a bit. But you and I have both been to many, many events over we the have. decades. We've known each other, we and we have seen each other across the room. Mm. And we, you, you do see people, but you might never get across to them to say a proper hello or catch up. My fear is that people think that I've ignored them or that I've ghosted them or glossed them or whatever the terminology is in 2022. Ghosted. Ghosted them. So 
I would never want anyone to think that I deliberately did not want to acknowledge them at an event or wherever. And and now as my eyesight is starting to wane in my ripe old age, that's a little bit of a problem because I don't have groovy glasses like you do. I need to invest in them and I don't uh, wear them out in public and you've probably never seen me with them. And that's a problem because sometimes I might not see somebody and they see me and I could be looking right at them across the room and uh, don't recognize them. Getting back to your question, is it something that was instilled in me? You know, what was instilled in me, Jody, is to really be the best person I could possibly be. And I'm not trying to come off as the new Mother Teresa or anything, but that was definitely something I grew up with, knowing that to be you know what? Again, do unto others. And I do come from a Catholic upbringing. And, and that was certainly a saying that we heard a lot growing up around the dinner table. So I will give my parents some credit for that. Absolutely. I think um, when we talk about learned behavior, just to unpack that a little bit further. Yeah. We're not born with the instincts to be kind and courteous and Mm. respectful. The instincts we're born with are our innate behaviours. And that's sort of, for example, is a baby knows to suckle, to survive. Whereas these sort of behaviours, learning good manners, they are instilled in us from our environments, people around us, all the lessons that we learned. And I think that's the great thing about being well-mannered and kind and courteous and generous of spirit, all of those things. We can learn them and we can choose whether or not that they become part of who we are. And I often refer to these qualities as superpowers Mm -hmm. because they are. They separate you from the others. Do you have a superpower that you'd like to share with us when it comes to (laughs) your ability? And this is something that I've witnessed and I'm putting you on the spot here. How do you remember people's names? Because you are so good at it. Oh, do you think so? I do. Uh, see, I don't think I am good. It's very, very challenging. It's funny, you, you just nailed what, well, one of the banes of my existence is not remembering someone's name. Like that famous scene in Devil Wears Prada where uh, Miranda Priestley can't remember that person mm. coming toward her and, mm. and then, uh, you know, uh, Andy has to uh, jump in and, and, and tell her. That is absolutely, because I really, it's more that not only do, am I losing my memory, but it's how that person's going to feel that I can't remember their name. And I'm sure, as I say it, I, I'm certain that you encounter the same thing. The worst thing someone can say to me after I, when I come up to a group of people, for example, at an event, mm-hmm. and I come up to them because maybe I know just one or two people, if I don't know the others, I immediately go to greet them and introduce myself. Mm-hmm. I don't expect that they know who I am. I just go and immediately introduce myself. How many times do I hear, oh, you know, Damien, we've met several times before. You always do this. That is the word. That is like a dagger through the heart. Mm. And also, what do you say to that? What do you say to that? Oh, I mean, you start, you have to apologize and it's just awkward. And I'm sure you've encountered that where people, or maybe not. Oh, no. (laughs) Damien, I'm perfect. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, I'm not. How can I forget who I'm speaking to? Perfection personified. But you're absolutely 100% correct. It's one of those moments where you want the ground to open up and swallow you because (laughs) you think you're doing the right thing and you're going up to that person and you're saying, hello, my name is Jodie. And they say, yes, I know, we've met many times before. And there's not a lot you can do. All you can do is apologize. And I say, I know, I am so sorry. Yes, of course, we've met before. And hopefully in that moment, you may remember when at the last event and please accept my apologies. And I promise you, I won't forget your name 
ever again or I'll remember you the next time, but yeah. you need to make sure that you do. It is a, a difficult thing. Some people have an incredible skill and they mm. are able to do that. See, I, you're very masterful because I watch you and I always think that you do remember people's names. So whatever you're doing, you must be doing well. But I think too, part of your persona is your ability to be smiling and, and engage. So you look people in the eye. So there is that moment. I often say to some of our students, if you are in that dynamic and you don't have that extra person who can be your partner in crime, mm and help you mm. get out of that awkward situation. Or you can perhaps make your greeting more generic. Great to see you. Exactly. Good to see you. So yeah. maybe good to see you Absolutely. rather than using the word meet. And then yeah. perhaps that may give you some time that they may let you know who and, they and are. And that does, that can work sometimes. Mm. My problem is that the good to see you doesn't, I want to introduce myself to them. So good to see you. I'm wanting to say, hi, I'm Damien, you know, that's, you're right. I should probably not worry about introducing myself and just leave it at good to see you. Mm. Although I, I think they still have the feeling, you know, but it, it is an interesting, it's, it's definitely uh, one of the banes of my existence. You at know? least you don't mm. avoid them and run and hide. So no. some people would do that. They'd rather not create no. that, that situation of making themselves and the other person feel uncomfortable. Right. So I, I wish I just had a foolproof technique, you know, how they say you should, well, you know, shake their hand no... and, and use their name right away and then try to use it a couple times in the conversation, your initial conversation, and then you're going to have a lot better chance of remembering their name, you know. But think about how many people cross your path. Well, that's the thing. You're in the public eye. You're, you know, you're, yeah. you're out there. You're Well, a typical race day, I could literally shake hands with, you know, uh, dozens of people and, mm. and meet many, many new people mm. uh, because that's what I like to do as, as the ambassador for Brisbane Racing mm. Club. It mm. is about uh, getting to know as many people, making sure they're having, you know, a wonderful time and try to enhance the, their enjoyment just by even just having a chat, you know, about how their day's going. So I'll meet dozens of people on a typical race day. How are you going to remember those names, you know? You can just ask everyone to wear now <laughs> That could help. That could help. Uh, yeah, that's true, actually. Oh, not very fashionable, though. No, no, not necessarily. <laughs> now, I want to just change tack just a moment. I want to talk to you about manners in the world today. So I have a concept of thought that in the modern world, there is, especially with men, in some situations, it's considered wimpy to have good manners which I think is pretty sad. Mm, tragic, rather. Yeah. And I also feel it's become a little bit scary for men in mm. this space. Uncomfortable. Mm, Awkward. Awkward. And that brings up the concept of chivalry, which I really Spell would Spell like. it. C-H-I-V-A-L-R-Y. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Thank you. And that word, <laughs> Damien, can sometimes be seen as a dirty word, as a mm. bad word, to be... The other C word. The other... Oh, beautiful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. The I other C that. word. I love Sh that. Chivalry. Oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've, you've stopped you've, me. You've flushed. <laughs> gone, You're, yeah, you've, you, yes. I've flushed. You've, you've, I've, yeah, you've I've gone flushed. I love that. Thank you. That's... Um, well, that is... Yeah. Even Jill's off laughing. The um, off the cuff. Gil's oh, laughing my God. Gil's laughing. <laughs> it is good. we got to use that. So... 
chivalry, the other C word. Oh, dear. We might have to call this, <laughs> this podcast. That's that great. might have to be the so title. Much for, oh, yeah. What, what, what are we going to call it anyway? So, your understanding of chivalry. Do yeah. You unpack that for me. Sure. Do you have any wow. thoughts? Give me Heavy. your thoughts, please. Chivalry. Is there a place for it in 2022? Absolutely. Is it dead? Not quite. I've had to give it CPR. <laughs> I have to pers- I've personally had to give it CPR <laughs> over the years. Look, let's, let's, shall we talk about me? Am I chivalrous? I, I, uh, can I, I answer that? 100%. Oh, well, geez, I would have been happy with 70 or 75%. 100%. Well, that, thank you. And you, we have attended a lot of events together. And most uh-huh. recently, spent a, a few hours together at a beautiful birthday lunch. Uh, so I will take that. Thank you. I don't feel it's 100%. But, and part of the reason is, is there is so much confusion around chivalry, men, but also women. Now, let's take the most obvious act of chivalry, the most common one for me. I won't do the opening door thing. It's the, when you're seated at a table and a woman approaches who's going to be joining your party, do you stand up for her? And do you pull her seat out if the wait staff is not doing it or no one else is doing it or you're the closest gentleman, do you do that? Yes, I do that personally. What percentage of Australians do that? I don't know. What, how, what percentage would you say? You're a woman, so you, you you would have witnessed the behavior or not witnessed it? I think if it, for me, if it was in my personal time, my personal space, I would see it more often than I would see in my business space, interestingly right. enough. Right. And I think this is, this is so interesting about chivalry because mm. it, it's personal. It's, it's a decision you've made yeah. and how you choose to be, your behaviours, what you're remembered for. Mm-hmm. You know, you said earlier about leaving your mark on the sure, world sure. and to be known as a, a man who was kind and courteous and respectful, that's a pretty good mark to leave. Mm. But, and I say but, because there is an element where some people are offended by those gestures. Absolutely. And th- therein lies the the confusion about chivalry in today's world. And the thing is, is I get that. I, I get that. And then there's also staying on the same subject of a woman sitting down at your table, or even if the woman's already seated and she's going to get up and go to the restroom or something, do you get up and help her when you see her, you know, fiddling with her bag and she's excused herself and she's, do you get up, if you are that gentleman next to her, do you get up and help her with her chair? Mm. And why do we do that? Where did that even come from? Why do we do that? I didn't Google this or anything, but I think it has to be that there's been a deference toward women and, and the female gender for oh, hundreds of years. But I think that practically, a woman tends to have things. Now she's got her phone in one hand, she's got her handbag in another, and pushing back a chair and then trying to push it back in and all of that, it's kind of awkward and it's cumbersome. It's, uh, so I like the idea of being able to help her out a bit. You know, mm. and, and to do that. And the same thing when she's getting seated as well. She's got all all her stuff. Men are like, like we don't have a lot. We got a phone and it's usually in our pocket, you know. Mm. So for that reason alone, I think it is nice. I like that, that chivalrous act. But it can be a minefield because what if the woman's partner is with her and he doesn't do it for her? Then you have to respect that. Mm. Say if you and your husband were to come and sit and, and you were sitting next to me and Nick, your husband, was on the other side of you 
Now, Nick, I know, has impeccable manners, so he would do that for you. But what if he was a husband who didn't do that for you? I have to kind of respect that, and I wouldn't want to embarrass him mm. or make or undermine him in any way that's also a, a so you that's choose also a, your moment you, you have you, you have to you, read you, you read, read the room the mo- read the room have you spoken to many young men who've said that they've tried this behavior and responsibility of being the person that perhaps is part of their learned behavior that their parents or their grandparents or even their school have suggested or instilled in them to behave in this chivalrous way. And have you heard any stories where they've been knocked back or have you been knocked back if you've extended this courtesy? Yeah. Firstly, no, I have not. I don't have a lot of younger men in my life, <laughs> for, for better or for worse. Uh, I, I just don't. I have uh, two of my nephews are teenagers, but yes. unfortunately, I don't see them very often. And when I see them, it's usually at their home. Mm. Funny, they're coming out here for my uh, my wedding. They'll be here in a couple of weeks. And because of this podcast, I am actually going to be observing them and my nieces as well, mm-hmm. uh, who they're all teenagers. I will actually, with keen interest, I'll be observing their manners. But that's a minefield as well, because if I don't want to necessarily be that uncle who's criticizing them. And and also, you know, don't go to the parents. Uh, no. I, it's a delicate issue to start to say, oh, your kids don't have any manners. Mm. They didn't stand mm. up at the table for her. They didn't do, hold the door open for whoever. So, no, unfortunately, I don't I, I don't have that experience of what, what it's like for younger men, the younger generation of men out there. My own personal experience, have I been knocked back? Not in a long time, not recently. But if I really had to think about it, You can tell there are some women that, you know, the gender equality thing, there are some women who see it as undermining of them, you know. Well, there's a huge tension between feminism and chivalry. When when you think about it, it's about humanity when you extend a courtesy. It shouldn't really, it's, it's not I'm doing this because you are female. Yes, that's where chivalry sort of originated. It was, I did a bit of a deep dive. Uh There's so many varying explanations, but one of them, I'll I'll read it. It's from dictionary.com. The sum of the ideal qualifications of a knight, including courtesy, generosity, valour, and dexterity in arms. Turns out knights were pretty horrible people Mm. back in the day Mm. in the 12th century and they were known for pillaging and all sorts of horrible things of villages. So the royals sort of got together and came up with the knight's acts of chivalry, which meant basically to be a knight, to be an aristocrat, to be part of this world, you need to abide by these laws and rules, which usually extended to the weaker people and women were kind of bundled into that, which isn't what it is today, but that's sort of where it came from. Mm. So the weak and the infirm that you will look after them, you will treat them kindly with respect and so forth. So fast track to where we are today, Mm. not so much. Actually, do you know where that particular act of chivalry came from, opening a door for a woman? No, I don't. Well, let me tell you. It, It started in the Victorian era and it was due to the fact that women's dresses were so voluminous and so large at the bottom that quite often they could not reach the doorknob. So Wow, I men did were not know that. Happy or, or were just learned to open the door for them out of necessity. Oh, similar to 
why the man walks closest to the curb when he's walking the young lady down the street or closest to the curb or the the road there were two reasons one was for to protect the the said lady from the puddles of whatever was in the puddle as the horse and cart came past. <laughs> and back then you can imagine. Oh, you could yeah. imagine. And he would use his wonderful silken velvet cape and shield her from the muck on the road. It's interesting yes. where all of these exactly. handed down customs throughout the century, some that still exist today. Yeah. And they've stayed with us. They have. You're a mindful of information. <laughs> See? Oh, the quintessential gentleman. I told you that was you. It's interesting because I often hear in the classes that we hold at June Daly Watkins, the young men, and we talk mm. about these things. We, we, Damien, we're not teaching how to pull a chair out for a woman anymore. We're teaching how to pull a chair out for anyone, mm-hmm. yeah. to open a door for anybody, mm. if you want to Great. extend that yeah. courtesy because, and perhaps because you're a little older than these young men that are in our groups, that there is an expectation or an understanding that you extend these courtesies. But these young men may be extending these courtesies to young women of their age, and sometimes the women are a little bit older than them. But what has been happening in the stories I'm hearing is they may open a door for someone and that person sees that as a direct insult, that they turn to that young man and say, I'm quite capable of holding my own door, thank you, and berate them. So these young men are sort of in this position of I don't know what to do. Should I or shouldn't I? And I'm often speaking to young women at schools, in private girls' schools, for example, and talking about their formal and saying to the young lady, if that gentleman who is escorting you to your formal chooses to open the door for you on that special night of the car, perhaps that you're going to the formal Mm -hmm. event in, all you need to do is turn to them and say thank you. If you are uncomfortable, you can say to them, thank you, but you don't need to do that for me. Mm. But we don't need to, I guess, um, reprimand someone for being kind. Absolutely not. We, uh, yeah, it's the exact opposite, opposite of what we should be doing. Out of curiosity, because you are dealing with so many younger people uh, in, in any given week, have you ever taken a, a little survey or a vote in the room about from girls, whether they be teenage girls or in their or their 20s? Do they want chivalry? Are they happy for a door to be open for them or a seat to be pulled out? What, what's, Some are. What's the I, think it, I think it's about, if you would ask me this question, and great question, by the way, thank you. If you had <laughs> asked me this question five years ago, I would say 70 for chivalry, 30 against. Uh-huh. What I'm seeing more and more now is... It's about 50-50. Really? Mm, it is. Oh, so it's declining. It's de- well, feminism and huh. I think the problem is that there is a misunderstanding of what this act means. And there comes, we've had the Me Too movement. We've had all of these very important changes in our social world. Young men and young women are encouraged to be independent and strong and make their own conscious decisions. Mm-hmm. But... When we talk about etiquette and good manners, you know, when you say, what is the definition of of etiquette? And a lot of people, I'm quoting Miss Daly here, a lot of people don't know what etiquette is. Mm. And it's simply kindness and courtesy and thinking of another. 
and that's it, regardless of gender. And getting that message across, you know, perhaps chivalry is extended now across the genders. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female, but if someone extends that courtesy to you, they're not doing it to belittle mm. you or to dominate you. They're just saying, I see you, you look like you're struggling, can I help you? Yeah, and exactly. And it's a shame that we, we don't see it that way. People are complicating things and they mm. don't need to do that. And one thing you mentioned that you see it more in your personal life, chivalry, less in your professional life. And I can totally understand that because in the professional world, and, and I think it's because of the climate, the climate that you find in the corporate world now, mm. they have to be really careful, men. I mean, oh they my do. gosh, hashtag me too, right? Mm. So I would imagine that's why they're not, they possibly won't uh, pull out your chair if you're meeting with some gentleman or or I would hope that it wouldn't extend to not opening a door, I mean, for you. Are you finding that? No, no, but then I may open In the, the boardroom, I mean. I may open the door. Yeah. I have no problem with that. And, for then, the, and, let, and let gentlemen go so in. So I yeah, may open the door, but yeah. if I guess if I'm the guest, I will allow that person a moment if they want to, and that could be a male or a female that's invited me into a board meeting. And these are their premises. They're sent, to me, there's a rule of thumb. When it's someone else's domain, I allow them to make the first move, whether it's open the door, pull the chair out. If they don't, I then would do that for them. But it would seem, I think, a little out of place for me to be the one that's holding the door open. Mm, but... I don't think I go into any of those situations thinking, okay, what am I going to do? I let it organically unfold and then I see where it's going. And I see something in a business meeting, if someone was to hand me their business card, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it's sort of like, and I'm doing the gesture which our listeners can't see, it's sort of throwing the business card across the table so it slides, would you like my card? And it sort of slides across the table. I find that more offensive yeah. in some situations. But, I mean, I think if, if we could change the world, and I know that sounds very Pollyanna, but if we could, if people were just extending courtesies regardless, because sometimes they're doing nothing. They're doing absolutely nothing for fear of reprimand or being chastised. And that's a shame when we start to lose that connection. You know, if we lose that connection, what's going to happen? Yeah, it's not going to be a very kind world, is it? It uh, is going to be pretty, it can only go the one way if we start losing things like that, manners, etiquette and chivalry. Mm. Mm. And that's not a world that I would <laughs> no. want to be a part of. No. So this brings us to the fundamental why. Mm. And I'm going to ask you this question. Why do you open a door for someone, Damien? Mm. Tell us why. Because it's very little effort to do something nice for someone. It just shows consideration. And whether it's someone you know or a stranger, and ultimately, because we're all so busy, we're all time poor, and it's that's never going to get better. More and more as the years go on, everyone's busier, uh, busier than they've ever been. And if you can just stop for that one second and open a door for someone behind you, whether they need it or not, I think that says, you know what? We all got to inhabit this place called, you know, <laughs> Earth and, and this world. Let's just be nice to each other. Let's be good to each other for really no reason at all. No expectation for free and for fun. Uh, absolutely. 
So do you think as a society we can get back to that? I don't think we'll ever get back to the man always extending the courtesy to the woman. I think we are moving into a time where we extend courtesies to one another. Absolutely. Or do we just accept that this is the evolution of society and you and I just have to get over it, build a bridge and get over this, that this is chivalry is, is going, it's gone and it really isn't something we need to worry about anymore. No, I think there's hope, Jody. I really do. Uh, I, I certainly, I certainly hope that there's hope. And and look, I mean, even what you're doing with this podcast—that's mm. that's, that's a, a real step. And let's—I mean, who's going to listen to this and say, "Oh gosh, no, you know, that's ridiculous. It's so outdated." I mean, who's got time for that anyway? What does that have to do with anything? You know, it's it's irrelevant in 2022. I mean. Gosh, I, I hope there aren't all that people who are going to react mm. uh, to something like this in that manner. I think that, you know what? It's just like fashion. Everything can come back into vogue. No, let's not throw this out just because of everything else we're dealing with, you know? Mm. Let, this is something good about society. Mm. Let's cherry pick the best bits about chivalry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. etiquette and manners and keep those and celebrate those and teach those to our children, you know, whenever possible. And let's practice what we preach. Let's do that so it will catch on. I mean, it can be very contagious, good manners. It can. And I think you and I, we're hooked. We get it. Mm. As I said earlier, we've known each other for a long, long time. And we've been in an an industry where some people don't have good manners and (gasps) a lot don't, but we choose to have them and we're known for that. But we have to also, I mean, it's our point of view and our beliefs, but what about those people who just don't want that courtesy extended to them? If I was to ask you, Damien, what do we say to that person? It's a young woman. She's a very independent, successful young woman. And in her mind, she's a strong feminist and she feels compromised if a man would open a door for her. She's entitled to those thoughts and feelings uh, as we are entitled to ours. What would you say to her? How could she say no politely to that person who is constantly extending that courtesy? So she works with this young man and he's purely doing this just because he, part of who he is, part of his morals, part of his upbringing, and he always will open the door for another human being, but for young women and not so young women. But she's finding it more and more, it's uncomfortable for her. What would you say to that person? How could they say, no, please don't do that? Right. Well, with any kind of behavior that uh, you're uncomfortable with, whether it's friends, colleagues, uh, family members, it's about being honest with them and having that conversation. But it would be great if this particular, hypothetically, this uh, person acknowledged that there's no malice in what this person's doing. This gentleman is doing by wanting to be chivalrous and doing uh, various acts of chivalry. It's with good intentions. So if that, if she could acknowledge that about his actions and then say, but I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I'm personally not comfortable with that. But I thank you all the same. Mm. And I appreciate you letting me be honest with you. Perfect answer. Everyone comes out of that situation without being offended and both are acknowledged for their thoughts and beliefs. Correct. It's a shame that we have to come up with a, a response to that, but that is, yeah. that's the world we live in. And, it and is. I think it if is. we become more accepting and, and we learn to appreciate that someone 
sees you and values you and that's how they display that. And as long as you thank them and, as you say, acknowledge what they were doing, but sometimes people don't want that courtesy extended to them and that's the world we live in. Absolutely. Well, Damien, I have to say it's been a pleasure. (laughs) <laughs> it's been... Um, All mine. It has been an absolute pleasure just to unpack that one tiny little space of uh, chivalry. But I, <laughs> I'm i sure you and I have so much more we could chat about and perhaps we can do this again because I'm thinking wedding etiquette. How many weeks away are we? Uh, four weeks yesterday. Wow. And you don't look stressed at all. Oh, come on. You're being kind. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much Thank for, you for your time. Me. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for joining us on What Would June Daly Watkins Do? Don't forget to subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast app so you'll never miss an episode. <laughs>